Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. How many of you are familiar with spiritual intelligence or SQ? It's a powerful component to the work in EQ or emotional intelligence that I feel like I'm always working on. We talk a lot about on this show and I'm so intrigued by SQ work and this guest that I have with me today has witnessed the magic of the two of these practices making huge impact on human lives, particularly workplace change. Amy Lynn Durham is the founder of Create Magic at Work and a UC Berkeley certified executive coach. Amy teaches the 21 skills associated with spiritual intelligence. I was so fascinated by her teachings, and I think you're going to feel the same. She is really passionate about creating magic at work and equipping leaders with new ways to lead. Ready to learn some new stuff and get inspired? Let's do it. Amy, welcome to Gut Plus Science. So emotional intelligence has had a lot of traction in recent years, lots of podcasts out there about it, but tell us about your work in this space and why you think it's important for leaders to embrace learning and practicing EQ. I've done a lot of work in the EQ space in my corporate executive job where I sort of helped my employees skill build in those areas. And then when I left that job, I realized there was something a little bit more that we'll get into later, but let me, let me, let me go back to your question. So the EQ piece is, is critical in the workplace. It trumps IQ every time in leadership. And you're right. It's been discussed a lot in the past few years, but it is a critical skill set that you need to learn. You need to learn to be self-aware of your emotions. You need to have an emotional management strategy and you need to learn how to build connections in the workplace. Typically, if you take a look at the adult development theory, our brains are developed enough to explore EQ around our early to mid 20s. And again, there's going to be exceptions to this, right? Because we're all human. That's the that's the time in your life where you can actually really start exhibiting compassion. So it's a great skill set to learn. And I love to train in EQ. I'm an emotional intelligence practitioner. It's fun to teach people to be self-aware, to recognize when they're triggered. I offer an activity to your listeners that I like to share. And it's the three, two, four breathing method where, you know, if you recognize you're triggered at work, let's say you get an email and the person just really upset you and you felt like the email was really rude. Perfect time to practice EQ. You recognize you're triggered and you're angry. You do the three, two, four breathing method, which is you inhale for three seconds, you hold for two, and then you exhale for four. You can do that over and over. What happens is when you get that email that triggers you, I'm just making up the story, <laughs> and you're upset at, you know, Johnny or whoever ticked you off, your brain starts shutting down and your amygdala starts running the show. And you kind of start getting into this fight, flight, or freeze part. If you can start doing that breathing within six seconds of the time that you notice you're triggered, you'll start opening up the neocortex of your brain and you'll have more creative, calmer reactions to what's going on around you. And then that takes you to the third part of EQ, which is building connections. And so you can reframe the situation 
and you can reach out to Johnny <laughs> and ask open-ended questions, try to see things from his side, and take the high road as the EQ skill builder that you are. <laughs> I just went down a whole story, but I wanted to paint it in that way. Yeah, it's so good because I, you know, I think um, many people today, whether you're an avid practitioner of EQ like you or not, like you're, you're used to that terminology and we all strive. I mean, most people strive to be emotionally intelligent. We know that it's important. And I, I think you just giving a little bit more context about that is, is great to set the tone. And I'm so excited to go deeper because a minute ago you said something about, you know, SQ or, or the spiritual side trumps EQ. And so if you're saying it has a heck of a lot more power, this spiritual intelligence or SQ, I really want to dive into that on this show today. So talk to us about spiritual intelligence. And I guess let's start with like, what exactly is it or how do you define it? There's a couple of definitions I love to share. The creator of the SQ21, which are the 21 tangible skills for the workplace that you can skill build in for spiritual intelligence. Her name's Cindy Wigglesworth. She's a former HR executive for Exxon, and she defines spiritual intelligence as uh, the ability to maintain wisdom and compassion, inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation you're in. So in the workplace, the ability to make decisions with wisdom and compassion, maintain inner and outer peace, regardless of the situation you're in. Breaking it down a little bit more, it's the ability to put your ego aside and make decisions from a place of higher motivation, from a place of what some people might call their higher self. It's a faith-neutral system. You can be agnostic. You can be atheist. As long as you believe that there is a place within you that you can access that comes from wisdom and compassion and love, you can work on the skills of SQ, spiritual intelligence. The way Cindy likes to teach it, is if you think of a pyramid like Maslow's hierarchy, the bottom foundation of the pyramid is PQ, physical intelligence. The next layer would be IQ, I think. The next layer would be EQ, I feel. And then the top of that pyramid would be SQ, I am. And going back to the adult development theory, we tend to start exploring SQ around our early to mid 30s, typically. Again, there's exceptions. So this is the time in our lives where we start asking these self-reflective questions. Why am I here? What is my life purpose? What are my values? What am I even doing in this job? <laughs> Um, I could go on and on, but I think that kind of painted a decent picture of what SQ can do. I love that visual representation and I love systems. And so for me, I've never heard it that way because I'm seeing this, this pyramid that for me, I operate a lot with a life wheel. I talk about that a lot in this show and it helps me see the whole picture of myself and all the areas or the hats that I wear and what I have to balance and like, just see that visually so that I can tap into where they're, where am I depleted right now? Right. But then this is so foundationally important because in order to get here, if someone listens to this podcast and they're like, I want to work on my spiritual intelligence and letting go of my ego and really just, you know, operating at a higher vibe. Well, we have to start 
you know, at the place that is at the bottom of the pyramid and are we set up for that? And I just think that that's so important that you shared that and just, just really very helpful in moving forward. And I don't want to hold us up because I really want to dive into the SQ side today and just in a little bit of a deeper dive, you shared that there's 21 skills associated with spiritual intelligence. So I personally want to know all of them, but I also know we're on a re- recording and doing a, a short podcast. So how do we do this? Do we go into all of those or do you want to share at a high level to kind of give us an overview so that we can understand what that looks like? So it's kind of like if you're familiar with Daniel Goleman's EQ model, he has four quadrants. So this would be similar. There's four quadrants in the SQ21 and they basically comprise uh, the 21 skills. The first two quadrants are more like the inner work that you would do. So quadrant one is like, are you aware of your higher self versus your ego? Do you know your life's purpose? Are you aware of your values? Are you aware of your worldview? Are you aware your worldview isn't the only worldview? <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting one, right? Uh, the second quadrant is universal awareness. And that's where the assessment kind of asks you a laundry list of questions and it helps kind of rank where you sit on your awareness of the interconnectedness of life, the worldviews of other people, the limitations of human perceptions and things like that. And then when you get into quadrant three and four, that's the self self mastery and then your presence as a leader. So that's the time where others are starting to recognize your display of these skills, if you will. And I can go to a few skills in particular and just share some interesting things. Every time I have an executive leader take the SQ21 assessment to see where they rank and maybe hone in on what skills resonate with them and what they want to work on, you can pick a skill to work on for a day, a week, a month, a year. You can say this skill doesn't mean anything to me. I don't really care. Whatever you want to work on and resonates with you. But, or I should say, and almost every executive leader I have worked with wants to talk to me about skill 19. I never lead a client to a particular skill. I let them ask me. And just coincidentally or synchronistically enough, they always want to talk about skill 19. And skill 19 is making compassionate and wise decisions. And it's just so, it's actually really, it's actually really positive that these leaders want to talk about that, right? How can I make compassionate and wise decisions? How can I do better at that? And typically what I'm finding is that clients are coming up on two different sides of the equation there. I have clients that aren't making compassionate and wise decisions for themselves as leaders. So they're the leader that is overextending themselves, is spending a ton of time on the phone with their employees, um, letting them vent to them, taking on extra work so their employees can have the weekends off, almost like the martyr, right? But they're burning themselves out trying to show that they're this empathetic leader. The downside to, to that is they're not making wise and compassionate decisions for themselves and they're going to burn out. And then on the flip side of that, I'll have leaders that come through that, oh my gosh, I I just can't stand, you know, working with this person. They really get on my nerves or I can't believe this person. Okay. This person did this. I, 
you know, my coworker completely just left us with a project that he was supposed to finish. And who does that? And I'm so upset. And so then we walk through the flip side of that, which is reframing the situation, rewriting the story in our head of why this person did that, because we're making it up in our head anyway. And so the compassionate exercise on that side is you close your eyes, you envision that person, and you say, just like me, this person is trying to seek joy in life. Just like me, this person is trying to avoid pain and suffering. Just like, and and you go through it all in that way. That's one exercise I offer for the skill 19. So good because, you know, you talked in the EQ portion too, and you said reframing as a tool, right? So I think that that's a really good takeaway, like whichever one you're practicing right now, having that as a habit in your back pocket for daily life, like how are you using reframing as a practice is just, you've, you've said it on both sides. So I just think it's something great to note for all of us to think about how are we doing that and how can we do that better? How can we reframe to show up differently in these scenarios and feel differently about it? So really good. The other thing that I was going to ask, but then I heard you answer the question without me even asking is, okay, with 21 skills and lots to the spiritual intelligence, like how do you even get started? But you're saying there is an assessment out there. There's an assessment you can take that will help really laser in and help guide us on what comes first and second. Can you talk about that a little bit more? So the feedback from clients that take it are, they feel like it's a blueprint of where they are in their life right now. And it basically assesses you on the 21 skills, where you sit, and then it spits out a ton of results and recommendations that are unique to you and the way you answered the questions. And then I do a debrief after you take the assessment and we walk through whatever skills resonated with you and have a conversation about them. That's why I honed in on skill 19 because everybody wants to talk to me about skill 19, which is so great. It's really cool. I've had people reach out to me. I'm working on this huge project. I'm hitting a wall. I'm going to take the assessment and just see what happens. It was the coolest thing. And this one particular client figured out that she needed to set boundaries with her supervisors. They had given her a huge project and she really wanted to come through. And she, every morning they asked her, what do you need from us? And through this SQ assessment and through the debrief, she realized, you know, tomorrow morning, I'm going to tell them this is what I need. I need time to go to the gym and I need time to not be in back-to-back meetings on Zoom because I need space in my day for creativity and innovation to flow. And I get my best ideas when I'm on the treadmill. And tomorrow morning, when they ask me these questions, this is what I'm going to tell them. And that came from a debrief on skill 19. And she figured out that she needed to make wise and compassionate decisions for herself with boundary setting at work. And she completed the project and it was a huge success. It was so cool to see. I've had a theme lately about building more white space in or finding more time for shower moments, like, you know, going on vacation, taking breaks, like being on the treadmill and just brainstorming on something that you're trying to get better at. It's amazing how much we get done when we're not in the minutia of 
on screen in front of our lists, doing the next thing on our calendar. And just like you shared right there, being on the treadmill, thinking about this a little bit differently. And she probably solved a problem that affected five, if not 10 or hundreds of people, you know, through that solution of taking that time to just think through that and how to show up differently, you know, with that solution. So I, I just want to keep reiterating how important it is to take those break times and build them in. Cause I keep telling that's for myself to hear, and I'm encouraging others to, to do the same, but Amy, I'd love for you to tell us about a leader. You don't have to disclose a name if you if you don't want to, no, not necessary, but share what leadership practicing excellence in SQ looks like. I feel like it was literally the story that I just shared. Somebody that this this leader, right, clearly had high EQ. They were able to assess what was going on and be self-aware of their emotions. Something's not right here. I know I'm capable of completing this project, but I'm not, I'm feeling burnt out and I'm not being given the space to do it. Self-awareness, right? What's my strategy? Some people do the quick breathing method. This individual and their strategy reached out to a coach and decided to do the SQ21 assessment and then build the connection with the EQ and communicate their boundaries to their supervisors. As far as the high level leadership with SQ, I would say it's the ability to put your ego aside continuously as a daily practice and operate from that big picture view. So you recognize when you're triggered, you can even split personality yourself. (laughs) I know this sounds crazy, but separate. Wisdom Amy from Toddler Amy. (laughs) You know, Toddler Amy is offended and wants to make all this money and wants to throw a tantrum if somebody says something to her that she doesn't think is, that she might think is offensive. But higher self Amy sees the big picture and sees the ripple effect that she sends into the world and tells the toddler to go take a nap and understands that we are all interconnected. And every decision I make flows through time, throughout all of time. So when we talk about servant leadership, I see that that is one of the newer type. I don't want to call it a catchphrase, but it's the newer way that people are identifying themselves on LinkedIn. In the past couple of years, I'm a servant leader. You know, what what does that mean to you? I've sat in executive meetings where I've seen leaders say a lot of different things that I wasn't quite sure if they actually knew what that really meant to them. And so I would challenge everyone to think, if you identify as a servant leader, what does that mean to you? And what does a change agent really mean if you say you're a change agent? Those are skills you work on in SQ. Servant leadership, to me, and so Dana Zohar is a philosopher and a physicist. And she wrote a book called Quantum Leadership. It's her newest one. She's done a ton of work in the SQ space. Her definition of servant, well, she has a definition of the quantum leader, which is all about servant leadership. And it is so beautiful. I think it's unmatched. But she basically says, you know, if you're a servant leader, you're not only serving your colleagues, your shareholders, your customers, your employees, you're serving humanity. You're understanding the effects that your company might have on the planet. And the ripple effect that you're going to leave when you leave the planet. And so it takes it to that whole other level. 
Yes. I love that. We're getting deep, but I really am enjoying it. You know, right now I'm just thinking about, you know, a foundational characteristic of leaders or humans that practice emotional intelligence and spiritual intelligence is self-awareness. You know, we have to be tapped into how we're showing up, which let's be honest, we're all inexperienced of people that don't really practice that at all, where it's like, really, the issue is you, you know, like, and I've been there too, where it's like, the issue is me, but I didn't see it. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you get to this place where it's like you build a muscle of self-awareness, but I'm just curious about your thoughts on how do you get there? Like, what are the things that we do that over time build a muscle for us to be self-aware? And I'll throw out one as an example of something that, that I did that helped me, which was in my early twenties, I hired a coach. It was the first time I ever had someone in my life on a regular cadence, giving me feedback that wasn't always warm and fuzzy. And then I just got into a place where in what he trained me on is feedback is the breakfast of champions. And I still will remember that. I still always think that. And so I just, that was one habit for me is having a coach that would give me feedback. And then I just started to build that practice. But I'm curious, what are things that come to mind for you on how do we build that muscle of self-awareness? Okay. I have so many thoughts on this and you're exactly right as far as like the weightlifting piece. So I'll give you just an example or a story that you can reference. It's all about skill building and it's all about radical self-forgiveness because we're going to make mistakes and it's all about just trying every day. So it's like lifting weights at the gym. You don't start with a 50 pounder if you've never lifted a weight in your life, right? So what you can do is, this is a really funny example. You're at the grocery store and someone's in front of you in the fast checkout that has 20 items and it's supposed to be 15. And you're upset because they're holding you back or maybe they're taking a long time to pay or there's some sort of issue and you start sitting there, gosh, why is this person and they shouldn't have even been in this line. These are the small weights you can lift, right? (laughs) Like the little everyday irritations. And then that's where you have the self-awareness right there. Okay, how can I rewrite this story in my head? Maybe this person didn't see the sign. Maybe they are have someone sick at home and they're in a rush. You know, I don't know what that is, but then you just rewrite the story. There's a huge um, piece in executive coaching that I utilize all the time, and it's the stay curious. Instead of rushing to judgment, I stay curious and I ask meaningful questions. And if you can stay curious as a leader, instead of rushing to judgment, it will set you apart from your competitors big time. So it's really that skill building. And then I have a deep one since we're going deep. I'll mention this is an interesting one to try. And it ties into the interconnectedness of, of life and that ripple effect that we all send out. You can try this in your car when you're driving around. You just point not, I mean, you don't have to point at people where they see you. I'm all point at everybody. <laughs> but you just, you know, in your mind, you look at who you're passing or maybe the person sitting on the at the bus stop or in the street and you say, I am that. I am. And you just keep looking at everyone. I am that. I am. And you just keep doing it. And for some universe magical reason, it helps you understand that we are all one and it pulls you into your higher self space. So those are two tips that I would give you. 
I love this. And this could not have gone faster because I'm like, oh, I have so many other things I want to dive into. So it might be another episode soon. But um, the last question before we transition into our lightning round is around, you know, you work with leaders and really have a passion for impacting the workplace, which is so much of what we do on Gut Plus Science, driving stronger levels of engagement in places where people experience meaningful work. Give some examples of how workplaces that practice SQ operate differently. So they, it basically takes them into this quantum leadership space where they recognize that mistakes can lead to innovation and that living on the edge of chaos can actually open you up to whole new possibilities. Most of us operate in a business system that's very Western. And it's very, um, what Dana Zohar likes to call Newtonian. A, we go, we do A plus B and it gets us to C. People that can lead from the SQ space know that we might start at A, but we might go to Q and P and T and that'll get us to C, which is where we wanted to be. And they invite everyone in the organization to have a voice and offer feedback and psychological safety to support innovation and creativity in the workplace. Amy, I have loved our time. And guys, I don't know about you, but I want to take this assessment, the SQ21. So I'm reaching out to Amy to do that. I encourage you to do the same. Um, Her information will be in the show notes. And I know she's going to have a a couple other uh, ideas on ways to connect here in just a couple minutes. But just this is so fascinating. And who doesn't want to operate from a place of peace? right? And, and putting our ego aside, who doesn't want to be there? I don't think anyone intentionally sets out to live in chaos or just live in their ego state that overtakes their life, right? So it's just such a, such a wonderful thing that um, if we all worked on this, uh, it would truly change the world, right? All of us together. So this has just been such an incredible episode. Thank you, Amy, for sharing just your heart and your passion. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor message today, and we'll come right back to our lightning round where we get to learn just a little bit more about Amy and the personal side of Amy Lynn Durham. We'll be right back. Gut Plus Science has just joined the People Forward Network. Gut Plus Science has been on a journey for three and a half years and we got inspired to create a global podcast network that captures the most incredible efforts of people-first leaders and humans working on a meaningful mission. We believe that the workplace is the largest mission field for change, and the People Forward Network is the largest community of humans on a shared journey to live life full of meaning. We'd love for you to join the People Forward Network. There are all kinds of new shows and existing shows coming together under one umbrella to bring you the best content as a community on a mission. Can't wait for you to join us. See the link to peopleforwardnetwork.com in the show notes. Hey, it's Nikki back on Gut Plus Science. Had a lovely conversation today with Amy Lynn Durham all about SQ or spiritual intelligence. And now's the fun time to learn more about the personal side of Amy and maybe take away a couple of nuggets that we can try that she inspires us with. So Amy, I know it's sometimes hard to pick your favorite book of all time. If you've got one, share it or share a favorite recent read. So my favorite book of all time is Deepak Chopra, Creating Affluence, The A to Z Steps to a Richer Life. I heard he wrote it on an airplane in like less than two hours. And it's a super quick read that you go through and ingest it into your consciousness in one read on how to create affluence in your life. What is your favorite hobby when you're not working? Yoga, meditation, 
and walking my Cavapoo, Mr. Bingley. <laughs> and where's your favorite place to vacation? Oh gosh, it's been triple digits where I live every day in a row for like 30 days. We run to the beach as much as we can, which is a two hour drive from here. So right now it's the beach. <laughs> and Amy, how can our listeners connect with you after the show today? My company is called Create Magic at Work. So all things Create Magic at Work, createmagicatwork.net is my website. And I love to connect with everyone on LinkedIn under Amy Lynn Durham. I do a weekly workplace message for everyone where I pull a message for your workplace or career from my journal prompt card deck. And I do it every week in a video and send a message out to everyone for their week. So I'd love for you to connect me on LinkedIn to see that. All right. As I said, this is so intriguing, this SQ world and all of these skills. And the little bit that we focused on today gave me so many key takeaways. So here's my truth you can act on. Number one, centering in focusing on peace and putting ego aside. So the home base of SQ and where we want to be is focusing on peace and putting the ego aside and how can we apply that in how we show up. That's one of my key takeaways. Number two, I think it was skill 19, making compassionate and wise decisions. And such a great reminder on what are the things that I'm doing today to make compassionate decisions, um, being more curious and coming with empathy. I just, I thought that was great. And number three for a takeaway on reframing and the power of that and how can we get better? Just making that a practice that we sharpen, reframing scenarios and conversations um, to show up in a more positive practice. And then I loved the final tip on what I was going to share today. I have like 15 that I'm looking at, but radical forgiveness um, of self is just so key to skill building and self-awareness. And it's just important for all of us to live in that place with ourselves so that we can show up as better leaders. Radical self-forgiveness. I love that. I'm going to write it, put it on my desk. Such a great episode. Thanks again, Amy. We'll see you guys next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.